Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favorite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Everything is Black and White podcast brought to you by Chronicle Live, bringing you the latest insight on everything to do with Newcastle United. You can find us on iTunes, Acast, Spotify or most podcast providers. Hello and welcome to Everything is Black and White Podcast. It's time for our weekend preview in Newcastle versus Liverpool down at Anfield on Saturday in the early kickoff. I'm joined here by Liverpool Echoes, Paul Gost. Um, Paul, thank you very much for joining us. No Newcastle problem. United fans are probably fearing this one on Saturday. Yeah, uh, should be a good one, shouldn't it? They're always, they're always entertaining games. These ones, uh, Newcastle come up against Liverpool. You only have to look at the, the most recent game back in, in April, was it, when uh, Liverpool escaped St James's Park for the narrow 3-2 victory. Um, obviously, we've got the iconic 4-3s throughout the 90s. And, um, yeah, really looking forward to it. I think it's one that's um, has come on a nice time for you and Klopp's players. A home game to, to basically start the, uh, the, the resumption of Premier League action. And a chance just to, to extend that lead at the top of the Premier League to five points, which, uh, which you know that they'll be looking to do, and, and just put a little bit more pressure on, on Manchester City. I mean, Liverpool have started very well, scored I think twelve goals so far this season. Um, Newcastle haven't done too bad themselves. I think Newcastle fans would have taken four points from um, the first four games that they had. But can you see anything other than but a Liverpool win on Saturday? Uh, it, it, it is difficult seeing anything other than that. I think the uh, Villa unbeaten at home in the Premier League since April uh, 2017, which is a remarkable run. And um, I, I, I can't see any way that Newcastle will be able to end that. To be honest, um, you know, I think Steve Bruce might set up to, to contain and, and you know dig in and, and try and dog out a, a draw. Um, but it will be difficult. It's, it's difficult for so many teams at, at Anfield these days. Jurgen Klopp really has turned, turned Anfield back into a fortress of old and Liverpool are flying at the moment, aren't they? 100% start. And, and to be fair to Liverpool, uh, they've had a, quite a difficult start as well. When you think they've had, they've had Arsenal, Southampton away, but it was a tough assignment. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Liverpool will be looking on, you know, extending that lead at the top and, um, and, and taking it from there. So, from a Newcastle perspective, um, they'll have a little bit of a threat. Um, Joe Linton, I've seen a little bit of him this season. He looks to have given the, the team a little bit more of a, of a presence up front, and he obviously took his goal very well against Tottenham. But um, I think it will be difficult for him to 
to keep hold of the ball and, and get numbers forward for the visitors. And I can't see anything other than a Liverpool victory on, on Saturday afternoon. Newcastle went down to Spurs and, and defended really well, obviously got an early lead and then kind of sat back and absorbed the pressure and yeah. bodies yeah. on the line. Um, will that work against Liverpool? Or, I mean, have we seen teams who have tried that and eventually the likes of Mo Salah and could just manage to break their, you know, their resolve down? Yeah, I think um, I, I think the, um, the the best chance Newcastle have got of, of, of taking uh, taking something from Arfield is to to dig in and get them behind the ball and, and you know basically everyone putting the bodies in, in front of block, shots and getting the blocks in and stuff. I think Liverpool went through a period a couple of years ago where teams kind of figured out how to play them around field and it, it, it was very much just sitting back, uh, putting up that wall and, and just challenging Liverpool to break them down and uh, quite a few times Liverpool struggled. Um, a little bit of a different side now. I think that was before Salah joined. He's obviously given them another dimension up top. Sadio Mane on the other flank. Liverpool is so quick now, so um, they can turn the fence into the tap. But in seconds, um, one of the best counter-attacking teams in Europe for me. So um, more often than not, they found a way to get around that challenge. But I still think for Newcastle, it is, that, that would represent their best chance of, of taking something from the game on, on Saturday. Uh, do Liverpool have any weaknesses? I mean, if you were telling Steve Bruce this is the best way to to hold Liverpool to a draw to even get three points, what would be the kind of the one weakness you would say? Yep, yeah, this is where you can hit Liverpool and hurt them. Um, it, it, it's an interesting one because yeah, in Gloucester midfield, um, some might see it on paper. And I wouldn't say it's it's anywhere near as good as Manchester City's, and some people might uh, scoff and, and sneer at the continued presence of one or two players but it's a midfield that works they uh, they put in so much graft um, so much work in that engine room and basically free up uh, spaces for, for the full-backs like Trent Alexander-Arnold and Andy Robertson to, to thrive so um, I, think, I think the midfield isn't a, an overly creative one but they're not somebody who's going to carve teams open with, with brilliant three balls in, in the manner of Kevin De Bruyne or, or a David Silva so I think that the midfield might, might be a little bit of a, of a concern or an area where you might be able to get at Liverpool um, and particularly the, the adventure of the full-backs as well. Obviously, they get forward so much. So if Newcastle can break out, there might be one or two gaps in those areas. But um, it, it's easier said than done, Liverpool. When they get forward with the front three and the full-backs, it, it almost turns into a, a front five when Salah and Mane took in. Um, and that, that's so difficult to stop when you've got players who are so... Um, so you know they've got so much ability in, in finding certain passes inside the penalty area. So um, it, it, it is an easy one, uh, easier said than done, as I say. But um, maybe maybe the midfield is an area Steve Bruce can look at if he can somehow get the upper hand in the engine room. That might be somewhere uh, an area for success for the visitors. You mentioned the fullbacks that we saw against Arsenal. Arsenal seemed to set yeah. up in a very bizarre way, which gave uh, the fullbacks the freedom to roam, which is when they're at the most dangerous. For you, is it the full-backs, which is Liverpool's biggest threat, or is it the likes of Mo Salah, who you think Newcastle? I mean, that's the one man they've got to keep quiet. Yeah, I mean, if you keep somehow manage to keep Firmino, Mane, and Salah quiet, then and full-backs uh, have a lot of joy. I think between them last season, Robertson and Alexander Arnold, they got uh, 23 Premier League assists. Alexander Arnold was actually the most ever for a full-back in Premier League history, which is. Remarkable, really. Um, his deliveries are, are so uh, pinpoint. Um, he's got an absolute wand of a right foot, and, and Robertson on the other side um, is not much, not much worse off with, with his left peg. So, um, 
I think if you can somehow limit limit their supply, then then you go a long way to stopping the front three. But I think you know if um, if Newcastle allow Salah and Mane, and, and in particular Firmino, who started so well, um, too much time and space on the ball, then they can't hurt any team in the world. And Newcastle will be no exception. But um, I think the way Firmino started in particular, he he um, he kind of missed the last few weeks of, of last season. Um, he wasn't as sharp as in the Champions League final. Um, but since he, he played in the Copa America for, for Brazil, he's come back and he's basically just picked up where he's left off. He's been uh, razor sharp from the, from the off and showed no signs of fatigue whatsoever. So I think um, he will be key to the Phil's hopes on, on Saturday. And obviously it will be down to, uh, to the Newcastle defenders uh, to, to try and put the brakes on him a little bit. And, and Mane and uh, Salah that had the little uh, disagreement, shall we say, when Mane wasn't too yeah. happy being brought off. But that's all sorted. You don't expect that to have any effect and Newcastle can't look to take advantage of that at all? As far as I know, I mean, I think if um, if, if this is something that uh, rivals are going to cling on to um, as a weakness, then it just shows that Liverpool are virtually um, you know, one of the top sides at the moment, aren't they? I think... Um, a bit of frustration on, on Mane's part for whatever reason maybe he thought Salah should have laid him in one or two times which I think he can claim that with some justification to be honest um, I think Firmino might have had a point if he'd have grumbled as well but um, I don't think it's any lingering issue Jordan Henderson said within half an hour of the, the full time whistle that it was all um, everyone was having a laugh and a joke about it in, in the dressing room and there was no real issue um, I think but between them they scored between Mane, Salah and Firmino I think they've scored over 160 goals um, in that front three and, and two and two and a bit season, so it just shows you how um, how remarkable a front line that is. So I don't think um, the little little spats from Mane will, will be too much of an issue. We Aiden Clark heading into uh, the return of Premier League action this weekend. How did Liverpool cope with the expectation? Because surely when they welcome teams like Newcastle, unfortunately they're nowhere near Liverpool's level. The expectation is for Liverpool to win. Um, Spurs had the same kind of expectation on them and ended up losing. Um, but how does Klopp deal with that kind of, like I said, the expectation that they will they will beat the, the lesser teams in the league? Yeah, I, th- I think what he, what he does quite a lot is actually um, urge the fans to create the same kind of atmosphere for for games such as Saturdays as they would for you know a Champions League semi final. It's um, it's a nice message, but sometimes that doesn't always translate on the day itself but I think uh, Klopp is always been keen to kind of harness that atmosphere as and when he can because it's, it is a special uh, atmosphere when, when the occasion calls for it um, Liverpool um, you, you wouldn't have said that there'd be many games last season where they wouldn't be favourites to win and um, they they basically delivered on that they only lost one game last season which was at Manchester City um, the only team that have finished above them and ultimately that defeated the FA had proved crucial in the, in the in the title race, but I think Liverpool nowadays um, very professional um, and determined in the way they go about games where they are the favourites to win. Um, concentration levels are kept high, and so is the professionalism. So I think Liverpool have come a long way since those days when um, they perhaps beat someone, say maybe a Chelsea or a Manchester United, and then they they come a cropper at Swansea or, or you know whoever. I think Liverpool are very. I mean, Jürgen Klopp called call the team mentality giants in the earlier in the season. That was a great soundbite, and I think that um, that kind of says a lot for how the squad are in terms of handling the pressure when they are expected to win. Um, I think more often than not, they they do deliver. 
So from what you've seen in Newcastle, you already mentioned Joe Linton. Um, but is anyone yeah. else that stands out for you? Fabian Shaw has had a fantastic couple of weeks um, on the yeah. international yeah. scene. He scored a wonderful goal against Ireland last week. Um, any, anybody in particular that stands out where you think Liverpool really have to keep an eye on, on, on them? Yeah, I, I do quite like Fabian Shaw. For the family, he does seem to, to score quite a few, doesn't he? I think I've seen a stat recently he scored six at the turn of the year, which is, is excellent for a defender. And his goal the other night was, was superb for Switzerland. He just brought it out to play, didn't he? And ended up tucking it away from, from virtually the halfway line when he, when he started the run. Um, yeah, as you, as you mentioned, I like Joe Ellenson. Um, I think he's made a great start to, to life at, uh, at Newcastle. And I like Almeron, actually, the, uh, the sand in January. I think he's. Uh, looks a, a real live eye. He's quite quick, um, good technique. He, he's quite skillful. Just perhaps need to start, maybe start adding a, a few more goals to his game. But I'm sure um, as he kind of feels his way in, into his new surroundings, those will come. So um, it, 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 it's starting to become a, a decent squad uh, up the time side. Um, I like Jamal Sells. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd probably pick out those three. And um, I think. I think Steve Bruce has started well. Actually, probably from the outside looking in, it didn't appear to be universally um, approved when when he joined, and, and obviously Rafa Benitez left. But uh, so far, so good for him. And I'd say, and um, I think eventually he he will get the results. And just finally, before I ask for your score prediction, you mentioned earlier in the show about that famous four-three down at Anfield. Um, yeah. Is that game as fondly remembered? Well, I suppose it's not really fondly remembered up here on Tyneside. It's more of a, a cry into your pillow. But um, is it fondly remembered down there? You know, as one of those games that stand out. Oh yeah, yeah, undoubtedly. I think um, the defence went out the window that night, didn't it? And both teams just went absolutely hell for leather. And uh, what what a, what a game it was! I think can't. I must have been maybe nine at the time, and I remember seeing the, the scoreline on the news, and I remember thinking, "Oh, I can't wait to." A match of the day for this one, and it's just just little things about that game, isn't it? Where Collymore closing in on the commentary and, and that, that great finish, and then the sight of Kevin Keegan basically collapsed in the uh, in the dugout, just absolutely incandescent. You couldn't believe what he just watched, and yeah, I think that that was probably uh, gone on as, as on the greatest, if not the greatest game in, in Premier League history. Well, certainly, unfortunately, it wasn't the result Newcastle fans had hoped for. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday then, your score prediction, I don't think we'll see another 4-3, but uh, what's your feeling on it? Yeah, I think we'd be uh, expecting a lot to, to look for another 4-3, wouldn't we? Um, I, th- I mean, I, I can't see anything other than Liverpool win, but I don't think it's going to be one where they show up and absolutely steamroll in Newcastle. The, the first game back after the, the Premier League break, it's the early kick-off. Uh, might be a little bit of a subdued atmosphere in the early goal, and I think Liverpool might just take a uh, possibly a, a 2-0 win. And, and you just mentioned that it is the first game back after the national break. Are we expecting any injuries? How has Liverpool's uh, training looked? I mean, are the players who have gone away, they've come back fully fit. There's there's no worries there at all? Uh, at the moment, it doesn't look like there's any injuries. Um, we'll be keeping his fingers crossed. Um, everyone was back at training yesterday. The non-internationals who had the week off, um, they, were, they were back in. And it's just a case of Alisson and, and Naby Keita who, who are absent for Liverpool at the moment. Um, obviously, Nathaniel Klein's got his long-term injury. Um, Keita and Alisson stepped up their recovery somewhat during the international break with specially tailored uh, training programmes. And Liverpool will hopefully have those two back in the next couple of weeks. But I think uh, Saturday will come too soon for those two. 
We hope you've enjoyed this episode so far. Just a quick reminder to please subscribe and review to our podcast through iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast provider you listen through. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Now joined by Mark Douglas. Liverpool, away, always a daunting task. Um, We've just heard there from... A Liverpool like it was Paul Ghost, who, as you just said, he doesn't expect anything more than a Liverpool win. He doesn't expect them to blow Newcastle away. Um, I've got to say, I, I, I kind of feel that they, they might do. Well, I mean, I think it's it's thirty to one, isn't it, for a Newcastle United win on Saturday? And I think probably there won't be many takers at that price. Um, I think partly it's it's not actually necessarily about Newcastle not being not being the, the, the strongest side that they've ever been. You know, I think they've, they've gone there with better teams than they've got this uh, this season and lost. Um, and this season, I think they look they look unstoppable at home. You know, I think they've lost at home since 2017. Um, won every game so far this season. Not looked troubled, really, in any of the matches so far this season. They're European champions. They won the European Super Cup. Um, 14 games, in you know, straight, uh, straight in the Premier League that they've won. I think... It's this one necessarily isn't on Newcastle United. It's probably on Liverpool. Just how good they are. Um, Is that it, when Newcastle are best though, as the underdogs? We've seen it against Spurs to an extent. I mean, you know, against Arsenal they weren't too far away from winning from winning the game, um, and then against Spurs they were. You know, they came up against the Spurs team with a few problems, and I think if you were saying Liverpool were a little bit vulnerable. Um, you'd say, oh, I can see maybe Newcastle getting snatching something, but you've got to be honest, it's a massively tall order, um, and it's not going to be the season's not going to be won or lost on games like Saturday. I'd like to see them put in a good performance, you know, be a little bit more, um, a little bit better against Liverpool than they were in the equivalent fixture last season, um, and it's really just about the performance. You know, unfortunately, it's it's not even about Newcastle. This is about the Premier League. The uh, there's so much. Uh, I think now that there's leagues within leagues and Liverpool and Manchester City at the moment are so far ahead of everybody else that anything you get from those games is, you know, it's not just a bonus. It's like a super bonus. I don't think any team in the bottom six will get anything from Liverpool home or away this season. So Newcastle, you know, if they do get something from it this weekend, it'll be hugely impressive. Against Watford, Newcastle's full-backs are quite far up the pitch. If they do that against Liverpool, it's going to be... Because one of Liverpool's main threats is... They're full-backs, you know, they're brilliant going forward. You can't allow them to roam, they can't allow them to get caught behind. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, there's that. Um, there's also the fact that they've got this front three that's absolutely unstoppable at the moment. Um, so what you're looking what what you're looking for your back four to always, it should be a back five. It, it's really difficult because Newcastle can't set up the way that they did against Watford. I don't think they will. Um, I think it'll be, you know, I mean, we talked a little bit about the kind of the way they went back to the Rafa 
formation against Spurs. I think they'll they'll probably try and play a similar way on Saturday. You know, be as defensive as they can be. Um, but it, it's going to be really, it's going to be incredibly difficult to come up with any kind of system that's going to stop all of the threats that Liverpool have got, while also posing a few questions of Liverpool themselves. I think you're exactly right about the fullbacks. Um, Liverpool real strength on those flanks. Newcastle, you know, it's, it's actually not been a, it's actually been a, a position where they've, they've been quite strong this season. But obviously, they've got Matt Ritchie um, and Jetro Williams is going to have to be more disciplined defensively than he was against Watford because he was a little bit. I thought he played quite well going forward, but defensively, there were times when he was caught out a little bit. Um, the good thing is the back three that Newcastle have got is very strong at the moment. Dummett's playing well. Um, Shares playing really, really well. Um, and Lascelles has had a good start to the season as well. So that, that's maybe a slight crumb of comfort. But um, I'd love to know if anybody listening to it, I mean, what you kind of, you've had 100,000 likes, uh, watch, uh, listens last last month. I'd love to know if any of the people listening expect Newcastle to get anything out of this. Um, it's just so difficult. And that is partly the problem of the Premier League. There's so much inequality in the Premier League now that even, a, you know, any team in the bottom six, I think is probably going to go to Liverpool this season and think... We're not going to get anything out of it, which is a problem for the Premier League, in my opinion, moving forward. Um, and it is a worry, but I suppose you know we're, we're thinking more about Newcastle today. And we saw last season, we saw Van Dijk had a bit of a, a time against Rondon. Now, Jolinton's come in, obviously, he's not necessarily as well-built as Rondon. He's a similar height, and he does play in a similar way. I mean, if do you, can you see Jolinton putting in a similar performance? I think Jolinton, what I've been really impressed with with Jolinton is his all-round game has been really, really good. You know, I mean, um, we kind of heard that Rafa wasn't convinced by Jolinton for whatever reason. Um, but I think they're quite, he's quite similar to Rondon in the way that his, his work rate is phenomenal. Defensively, he's really, really good. Um, he's not quite as strong as Rondon. I think Rondon's one of those where his upper body strength was so... You know, I think Lascelles said it was he was the hardest player that he played against. I don't think Jolinton's probably there yet, although he did give some problems to Spurs didn't he the other week and he can hold the ball up well um, you know I think Van Dijk is one of the ones he has shown a few signs that he can be he can be kind of unsettled a little bit by that strength um, and Jalinton has got it you know I, I think and he's growing in confidence as well um, but he's not ronned on so much I, but I think then maybe there's a bit more movement about Jalinton you know maybe this this front front two that Newcastle have got this front kind of three that Newcastle have playing with has got a bit more movement Almiron pacey quick you know a bit of spark really from him would would not go amiss um, but I think Jolinton is going to find himself doing more defensive work probably than, than he has done in any of the games even the Spurs game um, but you never know you know you never know football is is brilliant because it, it things do you know it does sometimes change and, and the most important thing I think that Newcastle have got to go there is believing that they can get something out of it because I think last season they they went there at Christmas, you know they're very much in a rut. They weren't they weren't in great form. They didn't really believe in themselves. I don't think. I think they will be going there a little bit a little bit happier about things because of the way that they've started the season. Um, you know, four points is okay. Obviously, they got the Spurs Spurs one as well. They'll be going there maybe believing they can, they'll be going there believing that they can get something. It's just if that belief collides with reality relatively early on, it's going to be a problem, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I think this game is probably the hardest. I think this is the hardest game that Newcastle will have this season. I don't think anybody's going to... You know, nobody beat them last season at, at Anfield. I'd be surprised if anybody takes anything off them this season. Um, even Man City, you know, are kind of being left behind by them at the moment. So 
You know, hell of a big ask. Hell of a big ask. You mentioned Van Dyke there. Let's just throw in a bit of trivia. So, the game against Manchester City, um, he was dribble passed for the first time in 65 games. The last time he was dribble passed was Newcastle United player, March last year. Can you name that player? No um, longer with the club. Atsu? No, no longer with the club. No longer with the club. No oh, the um, club. Marina? That's the one. Mikel Marina. So a little bit of hope there. You mentioned yeah. Almiron. Lots of debate. Hasn't scored. Should have scored against Watford. Um, lots of debate whether he needs more direction, needs more discipline. Is he suited to a free role? I suppose going in against Liverpool, that debate kind of goes out the window because it is against Liverpool. So the question is, how do you use Almiron against Liverpool? Do you let him just kind of run wild or do you need, because I think he'll, he'll probably play deeper won't he against Liverpool and he'll have to I think the one thing the one thing that he did really well in some of those games last season um, that where he, he did perform a little bit better was he, you know he, he got the ball and ran with it and gave gave opposition teams something to think about um, which which he you know he, he kind of has done in on occasions this season but he's just the problem is when you're relying on him for goals as they have done this season that's when the questions I think have come um, I don't think anybody expects Newcastle to score or even probably threaten that much on Saturday. So um, whether it will be the game to judge him on on from that position, I think he's a conundrum, isn't it? Because he was playing more on the wing under Rafa. He's got more of a central role, which is where he wanted to play, to be honest, where his international manager wanted him to play, where he was playing for Atlanta um, in the MLS as well. So he's got his chance there. He's just not... I mean, you know, it'd be a totally different story on Saturday, on the, the the Watford game if he scored that chance that he had we'd sort of be saying look he was plenty of industry did well but because he's kind of snatching at chances it got, strikers just get judged on their on their goals you know they, they do because I've seen loads of players kind of do quite well but then if they don't score you know they're, they're in a they're in a they're in a you know they're in an invidious position because that's what they're in the team to do and if they don't then you know, there's no point in them being in there. You know, they need to. They need to combine the two things together. Um, I think he'll play deeper. I think it'll be a much. They they won't be as kind of adventurous as they maybe were against Watford in, at periods. They won't be. You know, I think they'll probably even be further. They even be deeper than they were against Spurs as well. I think what was interesting at Spurs was, although they did play really defensively, they were a lot more adventurous than than they had been in those kind of games at the start of last season. Um, and if they try that against Liverpool, it'd be interesting to see what happens. I mean, you know, look, we say go there and defend for your lives. It didn't work last season. It probably wouldn't work either. So maybe the answer is to kind of like try and play a little bit counter-attacking. You've got a bit of pace on the wings. You've got Atsu. You've got um, Almir on. Maybe you try and, you know, you try and pose a few problems for Liverpool. I don't know. Um, but we saw Norwich go there on the first day of the season and try that and picked apart very, very early on. So, um it's probably the toughest conundrum of any in the uh, in the Premier League, and you have to say fair play to Liverpool as well because um, Manchester City obviously have built on a lot of money. Um, Liverpool have spent a lot of money, but they've also organically grown as a team really well. They've they've invested really smartly, uh, and they've got a brilliant coach. Probably I think the best manager in the in world football. Um, you know he is brilliant, an inspiration off the field, charismatic, a leader, and. You know, although Pep Guardiola has been superb at Manchester City, he inherited a team that were there or thereabouts. Liverpool were miles behind. People forget Liverpool were miles behind. Um, 
and you know we've seen in the last 14 games they are phenomenal at the moment um so it's you know it's tough newcastle miles behind liverpool now a few years ago you'd have said they were two were you know they were kind of catching liverpool a little bit the season where they finished fifth i think they went to um liverpool on the final day of the season i think they beat the season they finished fifth they beat liverpool didn't they um aware they beat liverpool at st james's park and looked as if they were starting to kind of you know really come together and it was they were going to start bridging that gap but that was seven years ago and the difference between the two teams since then has been unbelievable so you kind of have to say again a bit of an indictment of what Newcastle have done but also fair play to Liverpool for kind of building as they have and just to finish off then your score prediction I don't think it's going to be a positive one 3-0 Liverpool Um, I just I think that it's going to be about performance isn't it really um, as much as anything and then all focus really keeping things as kind of tight and as, as sort of optimistic as possible for the Brighton game the week after which is you know at this stage of the season already looking like absolutely crucial for Newcastle so um, if they can get anything out of it you know I'd love to, I'd love to be the bold person who sits here and say they can but I think that 30 to 1 bet is fairly sound if anything it's probably a little bit optimistic because if you play this game 30 times I can't see Newcastle winning one um, New Liverpool are going to have to have a massive off day Newcastle are going to have to play at their optimum but as I said I think for anybody outside the top 8 it's the same well, there you have it you can follow the game live on Saturday right over on chroniclive.co.uk um, also follow Steve Bruce's press conference on Friday morning this has been the Everything is Black and White podcast this is Acast Recommends Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.